1: Hey friend Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw Count Out. It's a show where we count things down in long form, in podcast form. Yeah, that's what we do now. We're podcasters. We take an in-depth look at the subject de jour. And today the subject is Vince McMahon hitting that panic button.
2: Yeah, he's uh, he seems to be a pretty reactionary type guy. Yeah. And when he feels like his back is against the wall, he tends
1: to smash that panic button pretty hard i'm gonna to talk to my uh sister today uh-huh. about the uh what we discussed on uh, oh, yesterday's yeah, yeah, show yeah. about the stock stuff given that she's been in the business for like 20 years i guess that makes sense yeah she probably has some insight you know speaking of, my sister's been in the finance business for 20 years i should really know more about finance to be honest with you but well, that's not really true i mean i talk to my sister a lot though you think i'd be like hey you know you know you know, like my dad's had like the same job for like Monica. Let's do. Let's get some insider trading going. Thirty five years, something like that. Mm-hmm. I just,
2: I just, you know, I, I, I figure when I sit down and hang out with my father, rather than him I want to talk about work, which he does. Yeah, eight to twelve hours a day already. Yeah, he wants to talk about anything but that.
1: Yeah. No, my sister's always very open though. Like I've asked her what. No, she... No, my dad would be too. I ask her what she does for a living because I don't really know. And she tells me, and I still don't understand it. Yeah. A lot of management and data stuff. Yeah. So, I don't know. She makes a lot of money, though. Anyways, uh, enough about my sister. This isn't top 10 times Monica here hit the panic button. This is top 10 times Vince McMahon hit the panic button. We saw it most recently uh, with the wild card rule, which we'll get to in a little bit. bit.
2: And I'm sure there's more than 10 instances of Vince losing his mind and and freaking out about things. But these are the 10 that we
1: found. I would actually prefer 10 times... We didn't know about him hitting the panic button. That's probably more interesting because Could be. Could he be. seems like a very interesting guy. A uh, quick shout out to some new patrons here also. Uh, we've got MCF, Ryan Roode, and Chris Gardner. Uh, you guys can all support us on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Got tons of bonus content, including yesterday we put up Ask Stephen Larson. Oh, man. It's a great episode. You should check that oh, one out. a good out. one. Yeah, it was fun yeah. to do. I, guess, I don't really remember it, to be honest with you. I got to talk about shoes, so that's good. There you go. Did you? We'll talk about that later. Anyways. What? The video I sent you yesterday about painting your Jordans. Oh, I didn't watch that. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyways, let's get a move on. Number 10. 10. The Nacho Man and what was the other guy? The Huckster. The Huckster. The Huckster. Yes, the the Huckster. Huckster. Yeah.
2: So uh, let's go back to September 1995, Steve. Okay. Uh, To I think the second episode of Nitro, the first time that Nitro and Raw go head to head uh nitro live raw uh pre-recorded and it was also the first time that wcw's new,
1: N- new 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 new
2: monday night show defeated
1: raw in the ratings oh what was what was the date on the september of 95 september 11th of 1995. uh nitro started in july right i guess so was it just a couple months before it started beating the wwf yeah. Well, yeah. oh no he panic continue <laughs> and please So, at the dawn of
2: 1996 january we're talking uh, WWF started rolling out skits uh, featuring billionaire Ted, of course, uh, 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 an actor doing a horrible Ted Turner impression. Too bad they couldn't get uh, uh, Will... Sasso? No. <laughs> no, no, no,
1: no, Will Forte. Will
2: Forte to do it because his, his uh, Ted Turner is outstanding. Yeah. Um, and also featured a couple of older gentlemen uh, poorly cosplaying as Hulk Hogan and Macho Man, dubbed the Huckster. Oh no, it did start,
1: it did start in September. When did it start beating the uh it started beating Raw on September eleventh. <laughs> it started on September 4th. So
2: the <laughs> second episode beat Raw. I guess so yeah. It was like it was just barely. I think it was a matter of a few thousand uh viewers. And these skits were terrible. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Yeah, they're really bad. They're really bad. So bad in fact that uh, after a couple months USA network president Kay uh Kaplovitz announced that these skits we're coming to an end mm-hmm. and she wanted to take a look at raw scripts before the show aired ratings were. Beow! Yeah, It is another, you know, seemingly a uh, uh, panic fueled reactionary move by Vince. You got WCW over there. This is before the NWO mind you. Mm-hmm. You got WCW over there beating him in the ratings and rather than Vince reflecting, taking a look at his product, finding ways to improve his product. He just goes out, does completely reactionary thing. Hey, I'm going to have a a couple of older gentlemen cosplaying as as Hogan and Savage um, watching videos of of current WWF superstars and saying, oh, I could never do that. Mm -hmm. I'm too old
1: to do that. I'm too infirm to do that. And then it's going downhill from there. Well, the the more interesting aspect of this also is the idea that USA stepped in and started uh, being a bit more. Yeah, exercising a bit more oversight with what yes. programming was running. And we see that uh, these days with the, the the wild card rule, which seems to be a result of now. And this is something that we kind of predicted back when the Fox thing, uh, the deal originally happened, was announced, or was, you know, rumored to have been happening, is, well, what if, I mean, if you take this to its, like, worst possible situation, what if, Fox wants their own champion that appears exclusively on Fox Broadcasting, and that person is Roman Reigns. And what if USA wants their own champion that expe- appears exclusively on USA, and that person is also Roman, Reigns. Roman Reigns?
2: Or you could also, another way it could get really bad is if each network had their own representatives in the creative room when scripts are being uh, uh, you know written, edited. That could have not exactly authority, ultimate authority over the creative process, but have a, a, a huge stake in it. That would be a major problem
1: as well. Well, it would be a major change to the way things are done. I mean, might could, be the one case where it might make things it could better. Be, it could be, I don't it, know. It
2: could be a Donnie Darko situation where when the director, when he had uh,
1: someone handling or overseeing the edit... Good movie. Yeah. Director's cut. Solid movie. Horrible movie. Yeah. When he's left to his own devices, evidently not so great. <laughs> yeah. So interesting situation. And, and yeah, that's going to be inter- interesting over the next 12 months or so. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is, uh, I don't know if this is the first time that uh, USA, so Nitro debuted in 93. No, Raw did I'm sorry. Raw debuted in 93. Yeah. So a couple of years into, yeah. his,
2: into his existence.
1: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's interesting stuff. Anyways, let's move on now. This is a fairly recent one.
2: Number nine.
1: Nine.
2: The McMahon Shake Up. Yeah, December 17th, 2018. We were
1: there for that. We were there for that. Ratings were so in the toilet at the time, record lows. At the time, record lows, yeah. That was only about six months ago. That they decided to. Uh... It's it, it a weird man that these days we sort of, our analysis the more interesting aspect of wwe programming is not the stories it's what are they going to do to the stories in order to try to boost their ratings what's their latest programming strategy going to be we're not allowed simply too much. I mean, we can. I we we enjoy. For we the most can't part, just the sit around
2: on the couch and enjoy as the stories unfold. But yes. there
1: is this cloud hanging over the programming. Like, oh, what are they going to do now? What are they going to do yeah, now? Yeah, and that's
2: existed for a while. But in late 2018, when ratings were in the toilet, um, a, a, as I mentioned earlier, at time record lows, uh, at the RAW in Sacramento here on December seventeenth, twenty eighteen, uh, the McMahon family came to the ring to open the show, uh, publicly fired and humiliated Baron Corbin because he was raw gm at the time and the idea i guess was it was at least
1: kayfabe they were pinning raw struggles squarely on him they they're all there i mean there did seem to be because they were spotlighting him so heavily uh, as a bit of you know wwe understands that for the most part the people that are plunking down 10 dollars a month for the programming they're also the kind of people who are going to be watching channels like uh, cultaholic, what culture? Wrestle Talk, mm-hmm. even our humble show over here, and and sort of understanding. Yeah, ratings are down. There's this Baron Corbin guy who's in a lot of segments. Uh, so the WWE, in a weird way, of storyline saying this is why the product's bad. Also appealing to the fans. Hey, we're listening to you. Ratings should go up now. Things should be better now because we're doing this to him. Wrestling is so weird in that. It I, is. I mean, yeah.
2: also they said, okay, well, uh, us McMahon family. On screen is going to take charge of the shows. No more general managers. Um, because of that, you're going to see new faces, fresh matchups. You are authority now, WWE Universe. Uh, and they announced some NXT call-ups, which they announced via slideshow form. Um, coming soon to WWE. Um, so far, two. Yeah, two have made a modest impression.
1: Lacey Evans and Lars Sullivan. Yeah. The rest were Nikki Cross, EC3. Heavy Machinery. Heavy Machinery. Uh, heavy machinery, kind of around, kind of. Yeah, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily made an impression yet, though. No, I agree. Um,
2: and it, it seemed obvious, uh, pretty much, like Vince decided, oh, okay, I'm going to call up, uh, you know, these superstars right now with zero plan. In fact, uh, it was so uh, poorly thought out in advance that they just had, like, you know, a, a video package added together announcing their eminent debuts. And then it took weeks for him to show up. And when they showed up, it was plainly obvious they had nothing for him. A complete knee-jerk reaction to uh, ratings issues. Hey, let's just call people from NXT and well, see if that helps at all.
1: And also, you understand that when Vince feels there's a problem with ra- – when he looks at the ratings and says, oh, man, I got to do something, I got to do something, I'll wheel myself out in front of the camera. Because it, 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 we could have we added in here – I mean, the, the idea of Vince putting himself on camera is not really a, a new thing to try to boost ratings. If you recall, we were there uh, at the Monday Night Raw when Vince, didn't he fight CM Punk or something like that? What? what, what yeah, was CM it? Punk was there, yeah, I remember that. And uh, and Vince decided he decided to come back and show them all how it's done because ratings were down. Yeah, that's and the night he came CM back. Punk elbowed somebody. Yeah, crowd, yeah, right, right. I forget what role Vince had in coming back. But it was like, oh, I'm going to show you guys how it's done. Bah. And that, again, is just a panic move. It's like, oh, ratings are down. Well, I was once one of the hottest draws during my time with Stone Cold Steve Austin. People think when Vince is around, it's it's very important stuff. Yeah. And that's yeah. very quickly worn thin. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, if you just take a look six months ago, the McMahon shakeup happened. And, uh, and it's, oh, yeah, you're the authority. But we, you know... At least in the case of Shane sort of becoming an on-screen heel, he was already an authority figure yeah. on camera, and his story's actually been pretty fun. He's been really good as a heel. Yeah, he has been. But with McMahon, it's obvious he doesn't want to be out there. Yeah, It's so awkward. It smacks of desperation, and it's exactly what we were hoping wouldn't happen as a result of this McMahon shakeup, but as a worst-case scenario, it's what did happen. Yeah, more or That's less. That's what we outlined all, as all the what's pr- the worst thing that can happen here. More heel
2: Vince, yeah. and that's what happened. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and 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 while heel Vince, I you can make the point or case that uh, him inserting himself in Kofi's storyline helped him gain a ton of momentum heading into WrestleMania. You can also say him inserting himself in the Becky Lynch storyline after the Royal Rumble uh, put a damper on her momentum significantly. Um, all the promise that uh, or in potential they alluded to with this announcement uh, very quickly dis- dissipated. We haven't really seen a whole a, a ton of fresh matchups. I mean, like, Baron and Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre still all hang out to various degrees. Um, uh, we saw some fresh faces, but by and large, the five, I guess, five or six people that were called up haven't made much of an impression.
1: And then when they did call up, Alistair Black and Ricochet was in very non-dramatic manners, yeah. you know, again— Triple H comes out and he gives us a slideshow of four uh, top NXT Mm -hmm. talents, and then Mm -hmm. you know obviously Champa had his neck issues and Gargano went back to NXT.
2: And then as far as uh, fans being the authority, that hasn't really necessarily panned out per se.
1: Well, okay, we had Kofi win at Mania, Becky made a yeah, in that sense, Seth got the Universal Championship. I mean, in 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 a sense, uh, that stuff has gone down. But and it's funny because just to go back to your thing about McMahon and the Kofi thing. It's like they could have gone with a, a much more entertaining heel, and that Shane McMahon. Yeah, I know. Much more effective heel. He could have been doing double duty, author- being the authority guy for the Kofi thing mm-hmm. and calling Mrs. Dad baked yeah. potato face.
2: But I was going to say in terms of, of fans being the authority, you know, you got the, the top stars winning at Mania. But in a broader sense, none of the issues that really uh, are, uh, that have been plaguing WWE for a number of years were, have actually ever been addressed. Well,
1: one of the things that people complain about the most Was the revival with these ridiculous lucha house rules matches? And look at where we are. Look at where we are now. Usi hot
2: being humiliated. Yeah, Yeah,
1: we're doing that now. So they can't. Vince McMahon can. He he has a really hard time going against his natural predilections. Mm -hmm. He really does. Mm -hmm. Moving on. Number eight. Eight. Roman loses at WrestleMania
2: 34. I mean, this seemed like a, a a given that Roman would walk out of WrestleMania 34 as universal champion. What did we have our predictions? Oh, we on? had all our confidence
1: points on Roman winning, I'm sure. All of them. Probably. Uh... All of them. Because it's like, <laughs> oh, this makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. And, and allegedly heading into the match, moments into the match... Uh, we were, we still would have been right on that. Yeah, this is from, uh, at the time, Jeremy Botter of Bleacher
2: Report. And I kind of remember hearing that uh, an audible was called Day Of. Yeah, uh, me too. For Brock to end up winning. But Jeremy Botter of Bleacher Report says that audible was made during the match because Reigns wasn't getting
1: over. So during the WrestleMania 34 match main event, Lesnar versus Roman Reigns... Vince McMahon didn't like how the audience was responding. Had he not been paying attention the prior three years? Evidently not. Maybe he thought that was a prime opportunity. It was it was like it was like waiting for and, and it's funny because when you look at when Roman eventually did win it at SummerSlam, do you remember how they handled the crowd then? Oh yeah, it was, it was like a complete bait and
2: switch thing. Where it's like, oh, Braun's gonna cash in. People are excited about this. No, he's not. Roman wins. Oh, goodbye. We'll see it. It's like, oh, Robin Hood's next. We gotta cut his, uh, off the show as fast as we can. What's the
1: What's the street corner game with the cups? Oh, well, it's a shell game, pretty much. Shell it's a shell g- game. Shell game. Yeah, that's what it was. It was oh, Braun's gonna cash in. No, he's not. Robin Hood's next. Roman's champion. Yeah. Yeah, like he just shows like he basically just confused the crowd into a pop.
2: Yeah, And
1: that was justification. And then get
2: out of there as soon as you can. Get out of there on a long shot. That's what happened. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this was pretty shocking when this match was booked like one of those matches on the the WWE video game where you can give yourself infinite finishers. Yeah. Because it was just finish after finish after finish. And I I wonder if the story was, okay, all right, Brock, go in there and lay out Reigns with a finish. Roman kicks out. Finish kick 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 out. And that's Spear win.
1: To, that's supposed to build the crowd. Yeah, when he keeps on kicking out, and they were just like, I, mean, I remember the crowd just absolutely crapping on this match yeah. the get go. Like this is just this is crap. Didn't people crap on the crowd for crapping on it? <laughs> I think like I think like I remember Brian Zane. I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, saying, you know, keep, at least give the give the match a chance, which is a point I totally understand. Oh, yeah. I don't necessarily agree with it, given, given how, as much as I respect him and his opinion, yes. I don't necessarily agree with it, given how that match started off. <laughs> Just is like, oh, that's how it's going to start. Okay, boo! I mean,
2: you had Roman in the ring for the last three years or so. Uh, fans felt like he was being shoved uh, down their throats by Vince. And then you have Brock, who was universal champ, for the whole year prior and you're like gosh just get this belt off this guy he's never around yeah yeah so there's no one for the audience
1: to get behind in that situation yeah it just wasn't unfortunately and so people just dumped on it immediately you know the funny thing is i don't think people would have dumped on it had the match started out like the mania 31 match remember that match actually was pretty decent they were actually trying to tell
2: a story other than roman could kick out of everything yeah yeah which in my opinion isn't really a story
1: like do some wrestling i know I know. You'd be surprised at how far wrestling will get you. I know.
2: Actually, yeah. taking time and telling a story in the ring and a product called how World, you can actually wrestling get people, the crowd involved in the match and the mm-hmm. drama of the match. But there's no drama in the match when Brock hits an F five and Roman kicks out, and then hits another F five and Roman kicks out, and hits another F five and Roman kicks out. It's like okay, so this just gonna keep kicking out of all these.
1: It's just gimmick. It's just gimmick. Yeah. Gimmick. Gimmick.
2: And then when he does, you're like,
1: okay, well, I guess not. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well. Novelty's worn offense. Yep. Moving on. Number seven. Seven. The fake Diesel and Razor Ramon. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Chico is here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, uh, as you guys may or may not remember, uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, uh, a.k.a. Diesel and Razor Ramon. Oh, they left. That's pretty memorable, yeah. Uh, well, okay. Some people might be young. Maybe they're new to the product. I don't know. Sometimes new, we gotta new new we world gotta order set the stage for them. Uh, WCW offered them big guaranteed money contracts, uh, far fewer dates, and zero oversight. <laughs> they could just do what they wanted to do. And when Bischoff said we are in control, I mean, it wasn't true for him, but for the NWO, yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they left in the summer of 1996. Uh, and uh, A couple months later, yeah. And yeah, Vince had uh, Jim Ross, good old Jim Ross. Uh, they, they executed a heel turn with Jim Ross. and uh, Everybody wants to see a heel announcer. And he wheeled out. And, and it's funny because I remember when we talked about these guys before at some point. And so I watched all the segments that they were in on Raw. And they were just really confusing. It was... There was... The way the way these segments were executed, they would come in and like interfere with matches and then they had their own matches. And it was like commentary, like I think Gorilla was on commentary and he was like confused. They were sort of kind of half acknowledging that they were fakes, but then they wanted us to believe that maybe I don't know. It was it was it seemed like the execution was uh, was uh, dipped in desperation. Uh huh and shame almost yeah, yeah like they were kind of ashamed to be doing this so i mean you look uh, look at this in one case and you see
2: all that you see that this is obviously a panic move you see two of their top guys going to the other company um and and kind of insinuating they're still the same characters they were in WWE. and so you say well no they're not we still have the same characters here look they're right here mm-hmm. they didn't go anywhere but it's obvious to the fans of the show watching that it's not the case. However, if you look at it from the other perspective, maybe I don't know if this has ever been confirmed, that, of course, WWF sued WCW um, because when uh, Scott Hall showed up on Nitro, it was really strongly insinuating that he was still Razor Ramon. Well, I don't believe
1: Scott Hall has an actual accent. No, he doesn't, but he had a little bit of an accent when he showed up on Nitro a little bit the accent supposed to be where is tony montana montana from cuba 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 yeah so it's supposed it's supposed to be a cuban accent yeah i believe yeah yeah um
2: a little bit was of it was there he, he said you know who i am he's razor remote yeah but you don't know why i'm here yeah uh and wb sued wcw about that and i, I, remember, I remember hearing was the case that one of the reasons they did that was to further their case in court saying they own the gimmicks of diesel and razor remote. And I guess they thought, well, if we just trot two new wrestlers out with these gimmicks, it's plainly obvious that we own these characters in these gimmicks. Well, you know what this sounds like? It sounds like As opposed to having, you know, like five years of videotape with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash playing those gimmicks.
1: Let me ask you this. Do you think this might have been Because in if if this is the case, then I'm totally fine with the move. Suggested by lawyers. As a way to bolster I mean, if cakes. your lawyers are rejecting
2: this, you should probably get new lawyers.
1: <laughs> Suggested by bad lawyers.
2: Like I said, because you have in your tape library years of Kevin Nash and Scott Hall <laughs> performing as those characters. If I'm guessing in their contracts, it says something to the effect of whatever characters you play are owned by WWE.
1: <laughs> Having a
2: couple of Diesel and Razor... NWO diesel
1: and NWO razors. Here, here's the thing that WWE I think probably should have realized. Maybe their lawyer should have realized. And granted, I've never been to law school, Larson. I've just watched a lot of Dateline. I've watched a Matlock. lot of law. I've watched a lot of Law and Order. <laughs> there you go. But if I'm not mistaken, there are certain properties that when they're being licensed, the company licensing them in order to maintain the license must use those properties. However, in this case, WWF was not licensing Razor and Diesel to WCW, no. nor were they those being licensed to WWF by Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. No. They own the property. They, were... they do not have to utilize the property in order to keep the IP. Nope. <laughs> nope. So I don't think this was on advice of lawyers. This was probably just some weird thing of Vince McMahon that he dreamt up while exercising, and he thought it was a good way to stick it to to w. Do you think Vince ever thought that they could become as popular as Diesel and Razor Ramon were? I doubt that ever crossed his mind. You Really? You don't think so? No, I don't think the motivation ran that You don't that think deep. it's going to be, I'll show him how to do it right? No. No? No. What was the motivation? Do you think it was steeped in his, in his weird legal mind? No, I think the motivation behind this is the
2: same motivation behind the, the huckster and nacho man. Oh, to humiliate them so they'll look like lower, like uh, uh, not uh, like their star magnitude, not yeah, as, as, okay. as high a wattage as yeah. they thought.
1: <laughs> I, did, I think essentially they
2: yeah. show that uh, that Hall and Nash were replaceable. Essentially, uh,
1: it also this is hilarious though. It also did end up getting Hall and Nash uh, raises. They didn't ask for raises. Apparently, uh, Turner, uh, WCW front office. Found out because WWF advertised it that Razor and Diesel were coming back. They evidently panicked. Talk about a panic move. Thought that somehow, some way, <laughs> Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were going to make an appearance, and they gave them raises to ensure that didn't happen, as opposed to threatening them with cease and desi- or maybe even picking up the phone and saying, "Hey, so we hear that are you going back? I, you have contracts here, man." Yeah. No, we're not going. Kind of, we have we're no like, idea what you're talking about. What you're talking about. We have no idea what you're talking about. Well, you want to throw some more money at us, all right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo. Yeah, that was that's the weird. Wrestling is so weird. It's weird. There's a lot more weird coming up here, too, in a bit. <laughs> here we go.
0: The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.
3: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find
2: Number 6. 6. Wild card rule. Oh gosh. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen Vince in pure desperation move like he was this past Monday.
1: Well, it was on camera. You could feel the desperation it tripping oozed
2: through the camera onto your television screen. There was like a thick layer of
1: desperation that started coming down on my TV screen. Like you you've you've written a product, you've written a thing. You've spent <clears throat> every waking hour that you're not up uh, or I'm sorry, all 20 hours a day that you're up and uh, crafting this product, getting all these ideas from all these lowly writers and then crafting into your perfect Vince written product, And then USA and Fox each reach out with their damn lawyers saying, uh, uh, programming people saying, uh, we need big stars. No, we need big stars. We all need huge stars. We all need big, stars big, big stars everywhere. USA shouldn't have anything we don't have, and vice versa. Yeah, in terms of wattage, star wattage. So rather than tr- than than undo the brand split, you just like all right,
2: wild card rule three, no wait, four, limited number of stars can cross brand between shows. I mean, it's it was so convoluted they had the uh, WB
1: had to issue a press release after Raw to explain it all.
2: Yeah, it's bad. Do you it's think? Hey, do you think
1: they sent that press release to the email uh, accounts of the USA and Fox programming people? Yeah, probably. Just so you guys know what's going on. Just to on. make it
2: crystal clear in case you can <laughs> you ascertain the plan based on <laughs> what happened on Raw. If you have
1: any questions, go ask Paul Levesque. Yeah,
2: pretty much. <laughs> well, USA Network. Oh, man. I don't have time for
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> you no-sold them like you apparently no-sold Luke Harper. Exactly. Yeah, so uh, we'll see how this one works out. Uh, even here's the thing even uh, even uh, Simon Miller over there at what culture he did an episode of why this won't work and he's like the most positive guy there yeah, is I know. <laughs> if he can't tell you why it's gonna work you know it ain't gonna work probably not gonna work <laughs> what's that gift of him something like that <laughs> oh man that dude is legit like one of the nicest guys oh he's best. super nice yeah, man he's the best anyways let's move on number five
2: five. Vince buys out Trump! So I kind of forgot about all this. This happened in uh, 2009. Vince shows up on an episode of Raw, and he announced that he had sold Raw, just
1: Raw, to Donald Trump. Neither of us were watching at the time.
2: Yeah, not a whole lot. Really? Um, Apparently, this uh, uh, USA sent out some sort of press release uh, that was completely kayfabed announcing Donald Trump purchasing Raw. So guess what happened? (laughs) <laughs> stock, stock plummeted. <laughs> stock price dropped
1: okay, 7%. Again, dude, if you're going to buy stock in a company, shouldn't you do some research first? Isn't this exactly what I was talking about? Where, who are these shareholders that are not doing any research and the companies they're buying stocks in? I'm
2: telling you, man, they just do research on one thing, whether it's going to make them money or not. They don't care about anything else.
1: You know, that's another point that I really should have made the other day when we were having that uh, discussion about stuff we really don't know about. is if that's what we do for a living? <laughs> for a living? <laughs> well, Granted. But uh if a stock is like performing at twenty dollars a yeah. share for like the longest time, yeah, and then it spikes up to like ninety eight. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to research into why it's doing that? I'm and sure understand do. if it's like a long term thing. I'm sure they do. I don't know. But you don't want to buy when it's at ninety eight. I don't think they That's do. a horrible time to buy. I don't know if you're a you shareholder. Want to buy when it's at twenty. Yeah, I know.
2: Um, anyway, so on the next Raw, uh, Trump announced that uh
1: he was going to refund everybody their tickets. Yeah, was that a shoot? No, I doubt it. You, so they were totally cool refunding everybody's ticket? No, I don't think they actually did. It, it said in the article it cost them $250,000. Oh, I guess so. It ended up costing them hella money. Wow, that's crazy. So my question is, did Donald Trump go out there and, Start and handing out and dollar spend bills to WWE's money?
2: I don't know. i don't remember. I got to watch that footage again. Um, uh, but then uh, by the end of the show, Vince showed up, bought back Raw. Of course for double the price mm-hmm. they sold it for. Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, put an end to that storyline so that stock prices wouldn't dip any further. Yeah. Yeah, here it is. Trump announced, so to make matters worse during the next Raw. So from, this is from Goliath article, yeah. Thank you. To make matters worse during the next Raw, which was presented commercial free, though it was heavily sponsored by KFC Grilled Chicken, <clears throat> uh, Trump announced that everyone in attendance would have their ticket money refunded at the end of the show, costing wwe roughly another two hundred fifty thousand dollars. now i don't know i don't know if if he did that as a shoot or if that was hey we're willing to actually refund the money yeah but evidently that was the case
2: this is after their match at wrestlemania this is two years later this was two years later Mm -hmm. oh my god hey you know what though even then i mean most of these these panic moves can all be tied back to Crap ratings. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. In 2009, I mean, he probably thought Vince did, well, you know, WrestleMania 23 is the most profitable. Yeah, and it makes sense. Mania of all time because Trump was involved. Let's bring Trump back.
1: That makes it. It actually does make sense. Like, you can't really.
2: That does make and sense. And then you
1: end up costing stockholder 7%. Yeah. Whoops. How, yeah. How did, uh, I'm, I'm curious, though, like, if Donald Trump was losing like a billion dollars uh, back in the, how, over the course of what, 10 years, whatever it was? Yeah uh where do you get your money from those stakes he puts his name on <laughs> i don't know can we do a review of it's Trump all this stakes? creative accounting man it is we need to figure some of that out man feel like we could be getting like refunds
2: <laughs> i' wouldn't be, be able to look at myself in the mirror if i had to resort to that those level of tactics yeah maybe
1: well it'd be, it be i i would have no problem looking at myself it'd be sleeping it's like n- am I gonna get audited tomorrow <laughs> Are they can the to come be Yes. The answer's probably gonna be yes. The answer would be yes. I've never on TurboTax. I've never had a thing that said, "Ooh, this seems sketchy." But I, I feel like there's probably a prompt that says, "Mmm, this isn't a good idea." Well, at the same time when they say, "Oh,
2: you're you're in the clear. You're not getting audited." I take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> they probably tell that to everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then you get audited, and they say, "Oh, for fifteen hundred dollars, they send you the shrug emoji." <laughs> <laughs> and then that for $1500 we will redo
2: your taxes for you to ensure that you won't be audited. Oh
1: uh, <laughs> god damn it. Here we go. Number 4. 4. Oh god, look at that. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're watching on YouTube. There's a giant picture of an ugly ape face. It's Vince Russo. <laughs> Look at his flared nostrils. They're so angry. Oh my god! Vince Russo rehired. Woo! Why so this did this happen? In, this is
2: in June of two thousand two. Apparently, again, ratings were for the time in the toilet. A three nine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god! That was in the toilet. Yeah. A three nine. Yeah. Holy crap! Just and for for perspective, what is it now?
2: I don't know, like one. <laughs> it's it's horrible now. It's one. But when it was five and six. This is in the aftermath of Minus Seventeen. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, uh, so Vince rehired Vince Russo, and the whole thing lasted a matter of days. I think a couple of days. He was brought
1: in, pitched some ideas. From PW Torch has this, within yeah. a day or two, Vince Russo's position had already been scaled back to a role as a mere consultant. Yeah. Uh, and this is how PW Torch uh, frames this. The rehiring of Russo indicates that Vince McMahon is in dire search of a solution to the continued diminished interest in his product. Ron SmackDown ratings continue to drop. Attendance is dismal and buy rates are at multi-year lows. The trade media and mainstream media are picking up on the situation. Yeah, it was about a year, sorry, after WrestleMania 17. As a wire story originating in variety this week, documenting the drop in TV ratings was published in several major publications. Rehiring Russo may have been partly a PR move, giving... WWE a chance to tell investors they had just rehired the writer who helped them take to the promised land. See, it's, it's all all just duct tape. Yeah,
2: no. So the beginning of 2002, the first episode of 2002 got a 4.9, and then it reached its peak in the build to mania at 5.4, and then starting wow. early May, it really takes a nosedive, four six to a three nine, and then it
1: bumps back to four early June, and then yeah, June seventeenth. It's a 3-9. It's because they made their top star look like an asshole at the end of WrestleMania 17. Yeah. This is a whole year later. Jeez. Yeah. Wowie, wow. I know. It's pretty bad. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, There's some more from PW Torch here. That's kind of interesting. Sources say the ideas were so poorly received that within hours, within hours, not even days, Larson, hours russo's role had been changed so he hits the send button oh bro i've got all these ideas apparently no, sends... it was,
2: apparently the, it was a, they did a meeting
1: oh okay okay uh the ideas were so poorly received russo's role had been changed from a hands-on creative director to a hands-off creative consultant triple h the game himself was said to be especially upset with the ideas expressed by russo i wonder i wonder what the ideas that they had for Triple H were because that's all Triple H back in 2002. Probably, he cared no. about he cared about one guy. Triple H,
2: Triple H, <laughs> yeah. Russo probably had none ideas for Triple H. That's why he got. Yeah, upset it could about
1: be. Uh, and Stephanie McMahon was said to be instrumental in convincing her father to give the current team, the current writing team, more time.
2: And torch continues. Quote, the hiring of Russo was not a decision made solely in reaction to Stone Cold's departure. Um, Russo McMahon had been in talks for several weeks and sources tell the torch that Russo had sent feelers to McMahon through a friend of his at WB headquarters, um, who, who that friend then told Shane McMahon of Russo's interest in speaking with his father. And then Shane arranged for that meeting to happen, man. Wow. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. So this must've been after stone cold walked out. Right. Yeah. This is around King of the ring time. When, Cause he was supposed to lose that qualifying match to, uh, uh or the Yeah it was a June tenth.
1: Episode of Raw. I'm gonna play devil's advocate really quick. Alright. Russo was responsible for some pretty cool stuff during the Attitude era. Oh yeah. Why is it his ideas would suck so hard at this point? It's only like four years later.
2: I don't have an answer for that.
1: It's sort of weird, huh? Mm-hmm. Like
2: you know, maybe well here's the thing is is as we saw in WCW when he had free reign of things. Uh, there was a lot of terrible. And let's say there wasn't a lot of terrible in the attitude era because there was. Mm-hmm. But it felt like Russo was kind of reined in. Because Vince has, you know, we can see that now, he has a very uh, old school approach to how he wants his wrestling to to be presented and written. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like Russo didn't really care to adhere to any sort of r- rules in that respect. Yeah, right. And so he had that push and pull. Again, it's a Dunny Darko thing where... You had Vince Russo who had a bunch of crazy ideas and, and Vince might say, okay, well, I like some of that. Let's walk it back a little bit. Um, and then, you know, in, in the f- years between him leaving and him being apparently rehired, maybe just the attitude within the walls of, of Titan Towers changed. They didn't weren't interested in doing that kind of smash TV type product anymore. They were looking to do something different.
1: Yeah, that could be. It is just interesting that <clears throat> his ideas, if this is to be believed, were so... Were so poorly received that this snap back. Okay, nope, never mind. Really bad idea. Mm -hmm. You're now a completely different role. Mm -hmm. That is very interesting. I'm curious. And part of it
2: could be this, you know, like a personality issue too. That could be too. I mean, like he's
1: backstage. Who knows? People have their agendas. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe people were just not willing. And again, I'm giving benefit of the doubt here because the guy did do a lot of good stuff in the attitude era. We know that. Yep. Maybe people just weren't, didn't want to listen. Maybe they, maybe regardless of what he had, maybe if he had, you know, wrestling version of Hamlet, yeah. they still would have been like, this is terrible. We don't even want to work with this guy. No, yeah. that yeah. could be the case. It's entirely hardly possible. Yeah. So anyways, number three, three, WrestleMania nine's uh, finish. Gosh. Mm-hmm. So yeah. of
2: course this is in the, the, the earlier days of new generation. Uh, steroid trial was going on around this time. Roughly, um, or starting to. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Vince wanted to focus or put the spotlight more on wrestlers who didn't look like they used steroids. Yeah, uh, Bret Hart uh, was becoming immensely popular. He was champion. Yes. And it seemed like, uh, especially he was apparently, this is all according to the Pritchard podcast, on one, WrestleMania 9 might be my favorite one. It's great. It's really good. Um, uh, Bret was especially popular in Europe where there was a tour planned right after WrestleMania 9. So you'd think you'd want, you know, your, your, your current most popular full-time babyface um, be carrying that belt on a European tour. Um, this mania was Hogan's return. I believe WrestleMania eight was supposed to be his retirement. Yeah. He kind of disappeared for a bit. He came back here. Um, and I guess Vince decided instead, well, you know, the, the, the product isn't where I want it. Ratings aren't where I want it. Um, Let's put the belt on Hogan, give him one last run on this European tour um, and, and kind of give him his send off before he fully retires. And then we'll get back to this new generation stuff. Problem is Hogan wasn't on the European tour. That followed WrestleMania nine,
1: yeah, and hearing Bruce and Conrad go back and forth about that is is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, we've talked about it a couple of times because we cannot reiterate how many times or how just just how much you should want. listen, listen to, to it. it. It's, it's, it's really a, good. it's fantastic. It's insane. Yeah, um, so it just seemed like a
2: purely reactionary move. Oh, ratings aren't good, products not great. Let's let's harken back to our heyday, put the strap on Hogan, and see if he can pull us out of the
1: doldrums. The funniest thing about this is. Uh, one year prior, WrestleMania eight, uh, they really, really pushed that as his send off. They really pushed that as his retirement. They even had like a sit down interview where he was talking in what seems to be his real voice, and he was very, uh, you know, um, I guess melancholy might be kind of the word. He was very, uh. uh Reflective? Reflective, yeah, yeah. Introspective is the word I was looking for. Gotcha. But yeah, reflective is good too. Um, about his time in the WWE, uh, WWF at the time. And so, yeah, it was pretty shocking, especially like when you... Uh, Conrad, I think in that episode, had uh, referenced Bret Hart's biography, uh, his autobiography. And, you know, talking about, yeah, H- you know, I saw Hogan and he was, you know, slimmed down a lot. He looked a lot different. And so it's one of those things where it, I don't even know if Hogan... Wanted to come back for like a full-time thing or whatever. Because mm-hmm. he was only back for a short period of time. He he won here and then he left uh, in June mm-hmm. uh, after uh, King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was a I, like barely even. I mean, I don't even consider this a Band-Aid. I mean, I'm not sure if business really picked up on the heels of this. I mean, yeah, the no crowd way. in attendance seemed to like it because it was kind of a shocking thing. Yeah, it was shocking. That was a good crowd, though. That crowd was into everything. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and they weren't given a lot to like No it was a Terrible mania Moving on Number two, two. Hulk Hogan's testimony Look at that oh, I got a steroid trial coming up Oh yeah I'm ready Ah oh, but I you. hurt my neck Oh my neck Oh my neck Never show weakness
2: So uh The question here is Is not for his Vince's trial It was for uh Dr. George Zahorian's trial A few years A couple years prior Yeah okay Um so uh Apparently, like, WWF was concerned about Zahorian's indictment in and impending trial in, I think, June of 91. Um, but then there was a, a, an article in USA Today that uh, with the headline, Hulk, colon, bulk from a bottle. Of course, the Hulk in this qu- in question here is Hulk Hogan. Yeah, right. And uh, apparently, right after that, Vince told his lawyer, uh, someone who used to be a U.S. attorney, Jerry McDevitt, to get Hogan out of testifying. Uh-oh. He didn't want Hogan testifying, probably because, yeah. uh, well, for several reasons. One, he probably didn't want his uh, his marquee name uh, uh, connected with steroids. Yeah. And probably also to want him testifying to protect himself. I'm correct. Um, so uh, Vince's lawyer went to a federal judge and made the argument that the prosecutors didn't need Hogan involved to make the, their case. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently they said this is this is all from a, a book called uh, "Sex Lies and Headlocks." Um, uh, Vince's lawyer said that Hogan was only listed six times in the FedEx logs, and he argued, uh, "Oh, sorry, and that was far less than Piper." Yeah. So the idea that if Piper testified, that would be enough to make the connection, essentially, between Zahorian and and wrestlers.
1: So the indication was Piper was like on the juice. Yeah, he admitted to it in court. Oh, okay.
2: Um, and then uh, Vince's lawyer argued. This is from the book, quote, the collateral damage that would be done to the company by unnecessarily singling out Hogan would be immense. The judge bought that argument, and uh, Vince's lawyer rushed to his office to dictate a press relief that was sent out to any reporter who called, quote, Hulk Hogan did nothing illegal and is not charged with any illegality. It said he has no place in this trial, will not appear there. Instead, the focus, focal point of the trial will now return to its proper, proper place, the alleged illegal activities of a physician. Yeah.
1: I have to check out that book.
2: Yeah, I mean, but Hogan didn't end up testifying at Vince's trial. Vince's trial, yeah.
1: <clears throat> but he he basically just uh, he hooked Vince up basically. Kind like, of yeah. He, uh, he didn't say. I think wasn't Hogan like a fairly? I, I don't know. Wasn't he was he was very pro Vince in that testimony? Mm-hmm. It, like really helped him out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you scratch my back, I scratch yours, brother. Yeah,
2: probably. Yeah, I did a little bit more reading on on the trial. Yeah going to kind of do a little bit of research for this and it's crazy that like there was packages from Dr. Zahorian that was sent directly to Titan Towers. Jeez. And according to this too like uh, the town where he practiced was known to wrestlers as, as like a, a popular vacation spot for wrestlers and it's it's like Hershey, Pennsylvania. Oh
1: wow. That's interesting. I don't think they really went there to vacation though. I'm not sure how many like lovely resorts there are. Well, I mean, it's like In Hershey. Hershey, it's Hershey is where
2: the you know Hershey uh, chocolate, chocolate factory. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm guessing go enjoy the chocolate
1: factory. <laughs> that's I mean, isn't that it though? Right? That's it. Probably. Right? I don't know. I've yeah. never been to Hershey, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is a landlocked, isn't it? He, for the most part, yeah. Yeah. There's part of it. The eastern part
2: borders the that's, Delaware yeah, River. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, well, well,
2: well, there's a little part of it that borders uh, uh, Erie Lake Erie. Let's take a look. Pennsylvania. Because that's there's the Erie Canal. Mm. Let's see. Right there.
1: Just a little bit. Oh, of yeah. A little bit right there. Where's Hershey now? It's by like Harrisburg, I believe. Look at our, our awesome. Oh. Hershey. Not a lot of. uh Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. There's this car. What is this? Like a oh, car museum? Old of tiny some tiny cars there. Photos. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Oh, this is a nice little thing right here. That's pretty cool. Look at that. Gets It's like a car, a vehicular oh, museum some of, sort of arena some sort. there. Yeah. Yeah. A little tiny weird house right here. Oh, it looks lovely. Look at those little patch of grass. hmm Grass cool is always too. nice. Yeah. Photoshopped like Brutus Beefcake laying out right here. <laughs> <laughs> got to get my son, brother. Anyways. Oh, there's Hershey's Chocolate World. There you go. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. i gotta go there, man. Oh, they got an amusement park. Yeah, yeah. Man, well, this seems like a great vacation destination. I'm sure it has nothing All to the do with The implication in this Larson. book
2: was at the time it was... I think Piper says something like, you know, the doc, the wrestlers will go there and get, and get their 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 meds from the doctor. Mm, well, my goodness. Anyways, moving on.
1: Number one, one the Montreal screwjob. You know, especially
2: after watching that episode of Dark Side of the Ring, is it it's plainly obvious that Vince freaked out about something.
1: Yeah, man. And was, he gave Bret Hart creative control. Bad idea.
2: Yeah, but I mean, like, uh, Bret had three, two, four weeks left on his deal. He didn't have to drop the belt that day. Do you? Vince had it in his head that Brett had to drop the belt that
1: day. <clears throat> yeah. And apparently he, he just panicked and said, all right, well, let's, let's do it. Yeah, but wasn't there—hold on a second, though. When did Brett—when did Brett agree to term was there an overlap between Brett? I thought the deal was on Nitro, they would be able to announce that they have reached a deal with WWF champion Brett Hart— could they announce that deal when he was still under contract with WWF? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if... Vin, well, Vince had given Bret Hart's... Vince, had, according to the documentary, Wrestling with Shadows, Vince had given Bret the go-ahead to sign the deal yeah, with yeah, WCW. He did. He did.
2: He did. But, uh, but between Dark Side of the Ring and what Meltzer reported in the, in the newsletter, the following uh, issue, um, it, it was that Bret had three weeks on his deal after their... Survivor Series 97 And Bischoff Agreed to give him An extra week mm-hmm. So he could drop The belt at the next Pay-per-view mm. So he had four weeks Left They had four weeks Left to do something
1: Yeah Yeah I don't know I just I just go back To the thing That I saw And I God I don't even know Where it was But the idea That that at the next Nitro They were able to say That they had The WWF champion Well I mean, like Vince was now- going
2: around Backstage saying Well if, we, if he doesn't Drop the belt tonight Then he can show up On Nitro with a WWF title And we can't have that
1: Yeah but I have, Yeah Yeah which but apparently wasn't it was an impossibility. Given they had already like sued WCW over that also, didn't mm-hmm. they? Or something like, I don't know what it was. In any event, uh y'all know the story. Bret Hart, he was on the way out, he was going to WCW, he was champion, and uh he very stubbornly felt that uh and you know, whether you think he's right or wrong, I'm, I'm not gonna say. I think that, you know, he, he signed a contract saying that he had creative control uh to a degree over his character. Well the last ninety days of the deal or something like that, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he has every right to say no. I don't do any of these things. Uh, Vince McMahon then has every right to go ahead and do them anyways. Apparently, that's so, <laughs> because that's what he did. It's just interesting that he forced a timetable upon himself that
2: might not have been necessary.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I from the outside looking in, um, it's it, you know we can speculate all day long. Uh, I know Vince. Uh, I, I, I understand Vince is a, is a quirky fella. Yeah. He gets something in his head. Um, and then, you know, Jim Cornette in the Viceland documentary, he seen. I mean, I, I would suggest this. I would suggest this. If what you're saying is true, I would think that Jim Cornette probably would have spoke up and said, you know, we have more time. It's really not that big of a well, deal. It seemed like, so it seemed like everybody. The consensus was time was of the essence.
2: Maybe, but the way Cornette pr- talked about presenting the idea of the screw job, it wasn't like it wasn't thought out because he seems obviously well steeped in wrestling history. But it was just like, well, we could do this. Mm-hmm. And he didn't hear anything else of it until it actually happened.
1: You I know? guess like nobody, like nobody in the course of all that stuff, like Bret Hart, nobody has said. Well, we have plenty more time. I guess that's my thing: is that nobody's really said. Well, you know, th- there did seem to be some sort of this. This has to happen soon. It has to happen like before that Monday Nitro airs. So, I mean, evidently something was going to happen, whether it's them announcing, "Hey, we have the champion," or wh- or what. I don't know. But uh, but in any event, uh, nobody could come to a consensus on how to properly do this and make everybody happy. Yeah. So at uh, Survivor Series 1997, uh, Jim Cornette suggested, uh, a- after being asked, uh, you know, how do we handle this? And he said, well, you do you do a swerve. You, you legit swerve the guy. And you take that title off him. And he suggested the uh, the sharpshooter thing. He yep. said that's his move. And what's Brett going to do? He can't go to the press and say, well, it's fake. Yeah, He's, not gonna He's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. Yeah, which was, you know, which was awesome. Yeah, so, pretty smart. Uh, so yeah. Uh but definitely yeah. I mean that's that's it's kind of a legitimate panic move there on <laughs> Vince's part. Yeah. You know, he that dude, he's got he's got a business to run. It's interesting he didn't like
2: work all that out before saying to Brett, you know, you can go ahead and negotiate with WCW.
1: That's kind of an interesting move. You know, you know what's funny though? That kind of thing seems to happen well, back then anyways, quite a bit. There was like, a things lot of, were kind of loosey goosey Well,
2: there was a lot of things happening in good faith.
1: Yes. Yeah. Like you know, uh, take a oh well, who's my intercontinental champion? When does when does Jeff Jarrett's contract run out? We sure about that? Okay, cool. Just want to make sure we're not in a position to get screwed. Mm-hmm. You'd think there'd be some lawyer like overseeing that kind of stuff. Yeah. No. Hey Vince, Jeff Jarrett's contract's coming up uh, before the pay per view, so maybe have him drop it before the pay per view or tell him now. Hey, can we sign you for an extra day? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he doesn't. Hold you up. Which apparently Jeff Jarrett has his own side of that. Yeah. He just wanted to make sure he got the money that was owed him. Yes. So good for him. You know, man, you got to look out. Sometimes you just have to look out for number one. That's true. For number one. That's right. Not with us, though. I got your back, dude. Yeah, and I have yours. Do you really? Yeah. All right. That's good to know. Anyways, uh, hope you have a good time on your trip this weekend. Thank you. Uh, Maybe suck down some booze. Let loose a little bit. Have fun? Mm-mm. No? No. No fun to be had? I'm not going to have any fun this week. It's a wedding. You're going to have fun. Let's see. I enjoy weddings. Yeah, they're all right. Anyways, thanks so much, everybody, for watching. We appreciate it. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye.